if you haven't proven yourself as a revenue center now, it's going to be hard to flip that switch. But in, in life and in general, you need to figure that out in marketing. Yeah. So you might as well start now. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. All right, we are live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook with probably the two most amazing CMOs that I look up to personally. So Megan and Ryan, thank you for making some time and sharing your journey, your story, your feelings, and how you're leading marketing in this completely new and crazy world. So both of you, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Awesome. So I I would love for both of you to just quickly introduce what you're doing in your organization. Obviously, Megan, you have been, both of you have been such an accomplished like CMO over, and you probably have also seen things like that. So as you introduce yourself, please start with a fun fact about yourself so people get to know you personally. So let's start with Megan and people who are listening, just give us a, give us a, give us a thumbs up so we know you can hear us. And if you have questions, just put it out there. I can start reading it and ask those questions to both Megan and Ryan about what, what they're doing as a CMO. So let's start with Megan uh, as your intro. Sure. I mean, if you think, if you want personal, m- many may know or not, I have three children. So working from home, we've got homeschooling going on. I had one come in at 2 a.m. this morning, and then I didn't go back to sleep because there's just a lot going on. And uh, it's been obviously a wild week. We have a company all hands day. I have a board meeting later today. There's a lot going on in the world. No doubt. So one good thing that happened to us, I have my daughter, Kiara, she's five. And we should have changed her out of like no diapers and stuff, but we were just too lazy. We just put diapers on her every day. And <laughs> diapers. So we're like, we have to train her now. Yes. We need diapers. So we're like, okay, great. We just saved like a million dollars on, on diapers. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're out. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. All right, Ryan. Uh, gosh, personal thing for me going through all this and my wife's pregnant actually at the moment, which is really wow. Congratulations. Uh, so thanks. So yeah, we're like managing through that right now. Some of our hospital visits have been cancelled. It's just been interesting. And on a like separately personal note, I think I hit rock bottom last night where I started scooping Oreos into the Nutella jar. So I um yeah, the whole work from home thing. When you when you have it as a choice, it's really a great thing. But when you are forced into it, it's not the same. It doesn't yeah. have the same feeling. <laughs> now, would you categorize you both of yourself as introverts or extroverts? Like, what what would you say about you? Because, like, for example, I'm an extrovert. Like, just uh, that's how I think I was. I have always been. So, to me, it is a little depressing in the first couple of days because I love being around people, and as much as the videos and stuff are fun. It just started to get to me and I'm like, I need to like do something, which is why I'm doing LinkedIn Live. So I get to have more conversations. But how are you how are you personally feeling from an energy level for yourself before we start talking about how you're leading your team now? I mean, I, I think I, I tend to be more of an extrovert, uh, but there's uh, certainly I need time to myself, right? There's like a balance. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I'm like a bit of an ambivert. So I, I think I'm more of like an extroverted introvert. When I need to, I can put on game face. But I think like me and my most natural state is by myself, like in quiet moments, which is like not what people think of me all the time. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think what I'm realizing though is that like I still need that social interaction um, yeah. to feel normal, to feel normal, like I think. Yeah, we all do. All right. So let's just talk about each one of you and just jump in as, as you feel. Big question that I got and I'm getting from a lot of people is that how are you leading your team at this very moment? And you both have just share a little bit about your company, share a little bit about the size of your team, uh, the, how distributed it is, and just share a few things that you're doing today to lead your team probably a little differently than how you led uh, without this chaotic thing going on. So just talk about that at, at a professional level as you're leading your teams right now. Sure. Uh, so I can jump on that. I am at TripActions. Uh, we are in the business travel space. So uh, definitely very aware of what's going on in the world and um, doing a lot around helping out our customers get travelers home, deal with the current situation and duty of care. Uh, I would say in the last two weeks, it's definitely changed from a, a leadership standpoint, I think we've all shifted to, you know, you read books about wartime CEOs. Uh, I think we're all wartime CMOs right now. If you haven't read the book, Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz, I think it, it definitely drives some stuff home and, and there's a good preparation if there's time to prep um, and a good mindset in there. We immediately moved to, um, I have two uh, check-ins or stand-up meetings every day. I have one in the morning with my leads where we check in on what we're working on. And then I have uh, one at uh, 4.30 with my entire marketing team. Uh, and we are uh, 58. And we were 10 uh, a little over a year ago and we're 58 now. Wow. And so uh, I think uh, because I'm on the travel side, we're probably a week or two weeks ahead of what's going on in the, in the rest of the tech world. But I think there's definitely a lot of just learnings and, and things that we're seeing that I think as CMOs and heads of marketing, we need to lead our teams and uh, we need to be a revenue center more than ever. You cannot afford to be a cost center right now. Yeah. And, and in terms of like, you know, going back to your industry, how has it been for you personally and your team to realize because the news could be like just crazy off and you have to like constantly like make sure that, well, let's not just, just listen to all the news. Here are the facts. Here's what's happening. Here's the time. Like, how are you communicating? And then is that the two standards daily is really more of that? Like, what are people asking from you or of you in these standard meetings? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say as a company, we are slammed right now. Uh, as if you think about it, the last week or two, we went from um, needing to get travelers, um, to or from Asia Pac and flights were shutting down. Then we started to shut down parts of Europe. Then we started shutting down parts of the world, now Canada, now South America. So, um, you know, tens of thousands of flights needed to be rebooked or canceled or quickly booked to get people home. Um, we even had people trapped with their families. So our agents got on and were helping families get home, not even people who didn't even book through the system just because we we get it like we are we've definitely been a company that has been focused on the traveler and the traveler experience and supporting it so our agents i they're um i I'm, i my heart goes out to them and everything they've been doing um and then to do it through a quarantine 
So our yeah. agents, you know, the good thing is our, our company was very well prepared and had rotated through at home and setting up all agents. So if we entered a situation of quarantine, we could support it and we were rotating 20% through. Uh, and so they, you know, they took it in stride. It's, it's quite wow. impressive, um, the response on that. Um, and, and so, you know, we've been busy and we yeah. have, uh, I'm also impressed that the, the company did surge training. So every, you know, almost everyone in marketing, everyone in SDRs and sales learned how to use our chat system because we're all live chat agents. Um, right. And we saw a 700% surge. And so we we're all on standby if we needed to step in and support our agents at the first level um, to make sure people have someone to communicate with. You know, our, our standard times are under really under 30 seconds or SLAs are a minute. And um, I, what I've been impressed by is their ability to keep it down under five with wow. the volume that's in there and really just helping people out. So um, to say the least, it's been crazy. And, and then I can go, I'll let Ryan talk a little bit, but I can go into what we've done as a marketing organization to pivot uh, very quickly in a time where we need to be agile and a lot is changing. Oh yeah, we definitely want to get into it. So Ryan, yeah, Ryan, hit it. I love that, Megan, in terms of like training the whole company on live chat makes so much sense, right? And it's something that we all can do. So that's that's awesome. Um, Yeah, so we have a similar size marketing team around 50 or so folks at G2. Um, we're obviously in a, in a bit of a different space in that we're not really, you know, helping folks get to and from home or in relation to kind of their travel. So I don't think we've seen kind of things be as critical for us just yet. I mean, what we're seeing, which I guess is a little bit of a silver lining, is just that a lot of the categories on G2.com where it, that relate to work from home, remote work, video conferencing collaboration softwares are all, you know, 10xing by the demand at the moment. So we're seeing a lot more demand on that front, um, but not not in like an unprecedented way because other certain categories might be declining. So we've been able to manage that from, you know, a live chat perspective pretty well. In terms of leading for the team, it's been an interesting one. You know, just personally, I, I actually was on PTO um, up to last week for a few <laughs> weeks. So I've kind of come back and had to sort of like jump into the mix. and. Um, I think the team's doing really well, but to Megan's point, we're, I think, really trying to refocus all efforts on how we can be as much of a revenue center for our sales teams. I think it's still really early days for us right now, but you know, we're seeing some deals maybe be delayed where we wouldn't have seen that in the past just because you know, folks aren't sure what's happening with their own revenues and so you know, might be less likely to sign new contracts. On the on our existing customer base, we're seeing we're seeing no declines there. Um, if anything, we're seeing actually a lot of our customers are using this time now to drive review campaigns for their companies because you know they're seeing a lot of their events budgets decreasing or or being completely flatlined, and they're wanting to either hold on to that money just in case or reinvest. And you know, reinvesting and generating reviews is like a nice time to be able to do that, I guess. So. You know, I think, and then from a leadership level, it's been more about how do I like try and connect in every day or so with folks that aren't just my direct team. Obviously, I'm slacking with my direct, my VPs, you know, every other hour. But, um, but you know, the folks under them and the people under them, I'm just trying to, uh, yesterday I spent about an hour just sending voice messages on iMessage to just different people on my team. Just really simple, just checking in and asking how they were doing and kind of just sharing my own experience with being cooped up at home and, also trying to remember that like, you know, our 
great grandparents went through wars and things and we're being asked to work from home like you know it's not the end of the world in some senses so no, that is that is so true so next tuesday i'm interviewing patrick lencioni purely just for this topic because i feel like it is such an interesting time and we all i think um yesterday when we were having a conversation we we're all talking about this idea that two years from now when this is said and done what do we want to be remembered for? Like, how did we react in these moments of leadership that I would want to say about myself? Did, were we the hope for everybody on the team? Were we the optimist? Even though we may be in, inside of us, we may be a little bit like fearful and not know and unsure. But for the rest of them, were, were we real? Were we optimist? We're giving them hope. And I think that is something starting to make me more recognize the fact that, yes, it's unprecedented time. And yes, it's the opportunity of, uh, to very clearly see who your leaders are and who you are as a person. So I'm, I'm recognizing and re- realizing that as well. You both made points around pivoting your marketing organization to start becoming revenue center. What are those shifts look like? Like if you were to get like two or three like big things or big changes that you're making immediately just to counter what's coming up, what are those look like? I mean, I think if you haven't if you haven't proven yourself as a revenue center now, it's going to be hard to flip that switch. But in, in life and in general, you need to figure that out in marketing. Yeah. So you might as well start now. I, I think that we have to balance a sense of hope as leaders, but also be realistic yeah. uh, and direct. For us, in the last week and a half, I will tell you, our product team. It started with our product team and our engineers. Um, we quickly realized that what customers needed more than ever was the first thing they needed to know is who was traveling. And if you don't know who's traveling, if you don't have a system or tool that gives you, if you don't have adoption, so let's say you're using a tool and only 30 to 50% of your workforce or even 80% of your workforce is using that tool, you're in trouble because you need 100% in times like this because you immediately need to get them home or reach out to them. You immediately yeah. need to see who's traveling in the next week, two weeks, one month, two months and get and, and message to them. Like Otherwise, you're emailing your entire company. And if someone went outside and booked on a consumer site, you have no idea that where they are or how to rein that in or control that. So the first thing, uh, well, the, the one thing we had out of the gate is we have visibility of travelers at where they're going and you can run reports. Um, so that was something that that was in the product. But what the engineering team built a week and a half ago was the ability to blacklist locations. So all of a sudden, it started out with Asia. We need to be able to block travel to Asia. Then we need to be able to block travel to Europe. Now we need intercontinental travel. Now we need by specific country, right? As countries started to come online, you wanted to block travel to countries And we also, in blocking it, if you imagine if you start blocking travel, people are going to call in and ask why travel's being blocked. So your agents are getting a surge of people asking. So now the product has to be very clear that this is a policy. The next thing our travel managers saying, CDC is changing so rapidly. So the engineering um, wrote an API into the CDC and brought in all the data so we could show level one, two, three countries to our travel managers and start blacklisting by the different levels. Uh, and then you think about now you need to do it by state and city. Like you start to think about all the different scenarios that have played out over the last two weeks. So they built that out. I think it's, I mean, time has gone fast, but a week and a half ago, they built it over the weekend and we pushed it live and launched it the Monday last wow. week. So all of a sudden, my, you know, if you think about your marketing team, 
All of a sudden, Friday, you find out about a product about to launch. You're creating materials. You're enabling the field. You're communicating to your customers. You're, I mean, it was just like boom, boom, boom all weekend, ramping that up. And there, you know, the benefit of being a, you know, five-year-old company is we're, we're very, one, we're innovative mindset and we can move really fast and our yeah. engineers are fast and we have the ability to, to create product and we have very strong relationships with customers. And as their challenges came up, engineering started building solutions pushing it live and you don't even have time. I mean, you're testing, but at what level yeah. you know, when you're in a crisis situation. And so one proud of the engineering team, product team, and then marketing, get this market. But now let's think about your website. What's the messaging you have on your website two weeks ago? We're the best experience in business travel. Right. We are, but right now there's no good experience in business travel. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. So that message is you need to reposition and message. So you know, I've been here about a year. We did in in over really in the last four or five days, we did 10 months of work as a marketing team. We rewrote the entire website. We rewrote all our nurture cadences. Think about it. If you have six personas, eight emails each, and the mess, you know, what matters to your travel managers now is different. Um, duty of care mad, matters, business continuity. So we're rewriting that. Then you're, we stood up a community site because everyone's trying to get information around coronavirus and around travel. So yeah. we did not have a community site. We went and started evaluating technologies and picked, oh, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, bad for me, but vanilla. Vanilla is a site. because, And we had to quickly, like the tech team quickly said, here's five solutions. Here's who can, what vendor can work with us quickly. We have to go through procurement, buy it, sign off on legal. Like we bought the technology in five hours. Like, wow. like, you know, it was like the team did evaluation. Who could we do it? Then we had to design the community. Then we had to build out a content plan. So the content team is building out content. Then we reached out to all the influencers in the space, asked them to come make messages. You know, we have, it was just like, imagine something you would probably take two or three months to do, doing in like two days. And then start to get the community together because you need that out there. Then we wrote 12 blogs. Then we wrote, you know, we had to reach out to our customers and our partners and prospects. And, you know, think about all the emails you've been getting from different companies. Um, So we're rewriting that. And then we need a new sales deck. So we redid the entire sales pitch to be relevant for today's era. I mean, we are in a recession going potentially to a depression, right? The messaging has to change. And my you know, my thinking to anyone on this call that's around messaging, you need to audit really quickly all your content. The other thing we had to audit, SDR outreach. Think of all the sequences. If you, we had 60 outreach sequences that he had to be audited and rewritten. Like it's just, so the team is, uh, I'm definitely proud of my team. Talk about motivating your team in a week to work 15 hours through the, 15 hours a day and weekends, just yeah. like stop rotating through and assessing, auditing, updating. So it's been, um, none of us, I think, have slept that well in the last week and a half. Uh, And I think, um, you know, it's it's a good reminder of what you have to do in changing times and how you have to pivot. And us as leaders, we have to do that. We need to do that for our teams. We need to be thinking about what's out there because how horrible would it be if you put a message out there because it was automated yeah, it's no longer relevant. And then someone posts that on the internet or online and says, "Oh, look at this clueless, tone deaf company." Yes. Right? And in your mind, you're like, "No, we're doing all these things." Wait a second, I totally forgot that was going on. Right. So you need to know more than ever what messaging is out there and where. We had to rebrand all our social handles. Right. Wow. One of the things we used to we pride ourselves on: we're six minutes to book. Average booking time for someone to book a trip is an hour. 
but nobody's booking trips right now. So that's not probably something we're going to start tweeting about. We need to change. Like your traveler safety matters. Controlling costs right now matter. You need to think about what matters in the world we're in this week and not what we were in two weeks ago. As I'm listening to all of that, and Ryan, I don't know how you're going to top this because this is going to be really, really fun to, to, to like top because I literally, what I'm hearing, Megan, you share, you just redid, your organization just redid marketing inside. Well, yeah, I think it's more than that. We, um, as companies, the companies that are agile right now and realize what their customers need and pivot, I mean, really, we we enhanced our product, we built new product, we 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 shifted. If you think about all that, like go through 9-11, go through the financial crisis, uh, many companies didn't make it through those, right? But the ones that did came out stronger. And so your leadership team, I'm fortunate to be part of a very strong leadership team and a very strong board that thinks through the current environment and what we need to do to um, really pivot quickly. And this is also a time to take care of your customers and build brand you know brand affinity your uh, fanatics is a weird word to use right now but if you deliver on your promise and you are there for your customers and you take care of them right now um, yeah. you're you've got an incredible base that's going to yeah. be with you so it, even like I love what Zoom's done giving it uh, Zoom out to K through 12 kids like we need them we need them to do that kind of stuff we need companies right now to step in and do what what they can in the current environment. And those that I think do it, you know, in a genuine way uh, and do it in a way that really helps are, are, are being really just human at first, um, but smart right now. And so I think that the landscape of companies that are out there is going to change. And people who, you know, if your company hasn't raised cash and you're not in a strong cash position, you're, you know, this is not, that's not a good situation. You know, we're very fortunate. We, we took cash this year. We have uh, plenty of it. Uh, we took a big round, I would say, in July. And yeah. so we're positioned to hunker down, take care of our customers and and survive through and come out stronger because we're pivoting and we're, we're um, agile and able to do it. So my, you know, my advice is if whatever company you're at, figure that out, what that is and be very agile and do not be, this is not a time to be stunned and sit back. Like this is a time to dive in and figure out what you need as leaders to lead your marketing team through this and to be relevant to your customers to, you know, part of the standups is I ask everyone to come and bring ideas. What are we doing? What do we need to do? What can we provide to our um, customers and community? That's part of the community um, standup. And we have a bunch of other things that are coming. And I've seen other people do awesome things like coloring books yeah, I saw Max. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Like, I love it. Yeah, I mean, we're all at home. What I mean, even taking care of people who do you love more than your kids, right? Yeah, like yeah. you do something for my kids, that means a lot to me. Um, yeah, we talk about it, right? Yeah. So, so Ryan, like on your side, as you think about it, I mean, you just came back from like you know your personal time off to like have serenity yeah. uh, in your life and like oh, centering yourself. And just then has well and truly gone. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how are you reacting? And how's your I mean, organization? I think for us, I think for the industry, things are mission critical, obviously, and you know, staying agile is super important. I think we're obviously still in a bit of a different situation in that we're not directly tied to travel. But I think, you know, to the notes of what Megan's talking about, right, our, our content team, which is typically focused more on attracting buyers to our site, 
you know, we're not, we're having no shortage of bias to our site based on, you know, even just what Megan said with like five hours to like find new software to buy. So we're everywhere seeing a lot of that. So mm-hmm. actually we're like reallocating resources around content to help create more content for our sales team to be able to connect with people in these current times, to be able to audit content right now. You know, typically we have really kind of like fun and I guess more positive messages around how we drive demand gen and all of that needed to be audited to make sure it was sensitive to what's going on right now. I think the, another big part, to be honest, of what I've been doing is really managing up to the leadership team around how to think about messaging in these times because I think, you know, there's a lot of companies like Salesforce, like Zoom, like Trip Actions, where I think actually like their communications around COVID-19 and around what's going on can be really, really relevant. But I think there's actually a, a, there's a, there's a bit of a problem though in some senses whereby all the companies now need to jump on this COVID-19 comms plans. Yeah. So I'm like receiving emails from companies that I used five years ago um, where it's completely irrelevant. Their service doesn't even relate to kind of like what they're messaging me about. And I don't really need like a pat on the back from those kinds of companies. And so I think, you know, like a, an example of what that was potentially going to look like for us is we do these G2 Gives campaigns where we basically donate $10 to a charity um, if you leave a review on G2. And, you know, we've done these in times where, you know, tensions have been highest around the Australian bushfires as an example. Um, and we get a lot of negative pushback from people thinking that we're like benefiting from the bushfires and we're trying to kind of make business out of it. We're donating $10 for every review. And sometimes it's just a little bit too close to home for people. As opposed to like when we do it for Girls Who Code or other, you know, great organizations when there is less of, you know, a critical mass and emotion around the topic. So I kind of push back on our leadership's thought around doing a G2 Gives campaign for this just because like this is even like taking kind of the bushfires to another level, like people's lives are literally like at risk here. And so I think it's like, how do I then deliver something to our leadership team and to our board that is still going to help them feel like they're being inclusive and being helpful. And what that looked like yesterday was me and my boss go to sitting down and saying, hey, like I don't think review a review campaign is really how we can best help. But what if we give away G2 track, which allows companies around the world to be able to really quickly analyze their software spend and really quickly say, hey, like where could we cut costs on software right now? Just because, you know, we don't want to cut headcount, you know, and I'm not saying this for G2, but I mean, we know that, you know, the millions of businesses around the world, the last thing they want to do is, you know, have to let go of people in these like trying times. And so if they can let go of some software spend that they're not utilizing, you know, that's a much better decision. So where you know, this is something that just came out yesterday. And so we're working really closely with products to look at how we can like open up more of our free products within Tract, but allow that to be easier for CFOs to yeah. immediately start to analyze their spend. But yeah, it's, it's always, I guess, moving in. I think it's, you want to sort of be mindful of customers and thinking about how people are going to perceive things, but also not be that CMO or not be that leader that's constantly saying no to your leadership team, right? You need to be there able to come back with, with other ideas or like end, end statements. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, both of you are talking about just being super innovative at this time, not to sit back and just let those campaigns, those cadences, those things run, like really be proactive and say, no, let's maybe be very critical of literally everything we do because our brand really is at stake. And, and Scott Dorsey put out a tweet yesterday around like, if you can 
figure out how you can survive right now, regardless of how much cash you have. And it's great if you have cash and all, but you're still really learning how to survive. Then six months from now, hopefully it's no longer the case and you can thrive. Um, because a lot of businesses, to both of your points, are, are not going to learn how to survive. So both of you, at the same time, what I'm hearing from you is that survival to both of you doesn't mean sitting back and just conserving cash. Actually, survival, what I'm hearing from both of you is being super innovative about the way you're outreaching and actually being super proactive with your customers, with your teams, managing up and down in every way possible, being personal and human and everything. I think that's, that's really, really good. Now, one of the questions that's, that has come up it has, where is the budget going for you for things like there's no events, for example. And I know both of you do like a lot of, I'm assuming there's a good amount of budget that goes in events. Is that being like just kind of saying, hey, we're just going to stop. So that money is just there. Or you're actually saying, you know what, let's just take that and put, uh, put more to us digital or like, you know, or earmark it. Like, how are you thinking about budget and are you moving budget around? Yeah. Um, so a couple things uh, to balance hope and reality. Um, I, I don't think this is just a travel um, issue. Actually, I think tech in general and everyone who is going to need um, budget or spend um, is going to be impacted because I think right now a lot of people have hiring freezes and spend freezes to the yeah. point of how are you controlling your costs? We're in an environment where cost control matters a lot. Uh, and so I do think it's a good question around events. Um, not only is it cost control, but nobody can travel right now. So um, unless you're doing a virtual event, which yeah. you should do, I, I think that certainly nobody knows how long this will be. But I think it's realistic to say at least in the next two months, there's no events. Right. Um, and uh, I would say that um, it's probably in the next six months, there's no events. So um, whether you are controlling costs or not, you're probably not spending money on events. And I would imagine most events are going to have to return and refund what they can uh, for people when the event doesn't happen. So you'll be getting or hopefully negotiating to get that back. I don't think most companies will be, have the luxury to shift that back into another area. I think it'll get cut. That's part of the immediate... Uh, cut will happen. And, you know, it's not to say that as things, if things turn, if we have a vaccine or the medicine starts working tomorrow, that we won't yeah. be doing events in two or three months, but then the budget will shift back into marketing yeah. and, and we'll do that. Um, but I, for myself, uh, all events are on hold for sure through yeah. the end of the year until we see how the environment changes. And are you moving, are either of you moving more on digital or direct mail or anything like that to support, even to support some of the innovative things and message getting out in the marketplace. So, I mean, we're certainly on digital, but go ahead, Ryan. I'm not shifting more to it. I'm not yeah. spending more anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're typically like quite strong on digital and on direct mail and on a bunch of things. So if anything, it's our field marketing managers that are just like not focusing on events right now and reshifting their focus into, you know, more of those digital campaigns that they're doing, how do we do them better? Yeah, I mean, we were, I think we started to see like where things were going late last year. And we, we actually cut a lot of events this year, um, just thinking that there was a potential recession coming and starting to think about different ways to connect with our buyers. So we didn't have a whole lot of events. We did have our big, you know, 3000 person event reach planned for the middle of this year, which we're most likely going to make that digital now and really like lean into that and make it a really amazing digital experience. I think initially there was a feeling of, you know, uh, like this experience isn't going to be the same as something in person, but 
I think we're trying to think about like what are the opportunities that we can get from doing it as a digital experience and like let's rethink kind of the box with which we think of traditional um, events. So the team's been really great there and has been moving really quickly and innovatively. And I think we've been really lucky that a lot of our agencies and the partners that we work with, instead of pushing back and like being like, hey, you sign contracts for in-person things, they've been really flexible to being like, hey, how can we be a great partner for you and make this work online for you? So an example of where I saw this done so beautifully was a couple of weeks ago, a good friend of mine, Derek Laney, who runs marketing and Salesforce in APAC, you know, they had their world tour event, which was like 5,000 people. And it was literally around the week of COVID. And they were just super, I think, cutting edge. And that before anyone was telling them not to do big events, they were like, hey, this is too risky. So they converted like a 5,000 person event into being like basically done in like a TV studio with green screens. And it was as if, you know, they were like complete like news media organization. It was wild to watch behind the scenes and, you know, in front of the screen. And so, you know, they did that in, in, in a week, which was quite remarkable to see. And so I think, you know, it's, it's really quite inspiring seeing how some companies are able to react. That said, though, typically that is going to cost a lot of money, right? Yeah. So like a, a trade-off of like, do I want to totally pivot and spend maybe 2x what I was going to spend? Or, you know, and I think that comes down to like the customer centricity of the company at the end of the day and how much money they can spend. Love it. All right. So I got like a bunch of notes from both of you. So I'm going to just give like two takeaways that I got. And then I love for each one of you, starting with Ryan and then Megan bring us home with the one challenge that you want to give to everybody as they're working, as they're leading, especially to the CMOs and the marketers and the sales organizations who are customer facing right now. And they have a lot to take responsibility for. They have a lot on their shoulder. They have to like check like you gave so many ideas in there. So I love to think about a challenge that you want to give everybody to really think about personally or professionally uh, in that sense. So one, really one to two of them, but like one big takeaway is that this is not a time to be reactive. This is time to be proactive with everything. I, I almost feel like both of you have just relooked your organization and retooled your organization and got the people re-energized around something completely different and motivated them in a way. And you're doing that by leading from the front lines, like by doing daily standups, by asking not just one team. So in some ways it feels like you both are creating a higher level of transparency in your organization that probably wasn't as much there or needed in the past. But right now you're asking for feedback. You're looking, you're, fa- you're facing the fears or the hope, every, like straight dead on. So I love that you both are proactive around this thing and how we're retooling it. And the second part is that it just seems like from both of you that you're just embracing it. You're, you're not like, you know, I could see if I were in one of your shoes, I'm like, I feel like there could be a sense of like, oh my goodness, like it's like really, really bad. You both are embracing it, realizing the reality, changing the messaging, super empathetic to everything. Even you talk about social handles and stuff. So you've been really, really thoughtful about it. And thinking about like, how do you thrive? But like, how do you really make sure everything is done right? So I think it speaks to like the leadership that needs to happen right now. The true leaders are going to be truly empathetic, but will have their ears to the ground, be honest about it, be open about it. So I feel like you both are doing it wonderfully. So those are my two takeaways of many others. I'm going to put this on the Flip My Phone podcast. We, you know, so it's going to be all over the place. But Ryan, let's start with you. One challenge you want to give everybody listening to this right yeah, now? Yeah, I think you know, the challenge I'd share to everyone is that like these times like aren't business as usual, right? 
right? And so we shouldn't be running our businesses as usual. So if that means, you know, daily stand-ups or different times, types of checks, check-ins with your team, I think like now is not the time to kind of just stick to the standard schedule. And, and I think like my other challenge would be for folks like while doing that, while being super agile to what their business needs and connecting in with everyone, it's like to connect in like with yourself too and, and make sure you're giving yourself what you need. And what I mean by that is, you know, like yesterday was a pretty chaotic day for us um, at G2. We're trying to get a lot of these like products delivered for free for customers to help them reduce costs. And um, at the same time, like I was really kind of strong about like having 60 minutes off in the middle of the day for me to do like a Peloton workout at home because like I need that for my own mental health and like I won't be at my best if I don't do that. And I think, you know, I can go a few days without doing those things for me, but it won't end well. And so I think like knowing what your like limits are is really important in these sorts of times too, because like you won't be able to show up as your best self for anyone if you don't, you know, make sure that you are kind of taking care of yourself and your family. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, two things, uh, which we've really talked about is one, be very agile. You need to move your teams. Now you need to pivot what they're working on, what they're focused on and, um, lead them through this. And the second thing is really to Ryan's point around our team. Once a week, we have a 20 minute zoom walk, so everyone, if you have a dog or a kid or whatever, for 20 minutes, we're going to either walk around our house, walk around the neighborhood, if you can walk around our apartments and um, just have that moment with the team together and hopefully some sunshine, uh, sunshine boosts our vitamin D, which boosts our immune systems. And so also, I think people need to make sure they're seeing daylight and getting some sun. That is so awesome. Both of you, again, give, brings back to that lead yourself if you want to lead others well. So thank you for ending on that note. Really cool. Again, everybody who's listening, thank you for your questions. We'll be responding to some of those questions later on. Uh, again, the next big one is with Patrick Lencioni on Tuesday. So hopefully we'll see you there at noon. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Sangren. Thanks. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.